Getting news and diagnosis of illness is never easy. And in our society, we can immediately reach for a prescription drugs or medication to solve our problems. But what if food was the change we needed to help heal us from the inside out? It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. My name is Bianca Wattis Oltoff, and I am honored to host this episode with a tender heart and gentle hands. Today, we're talking about diets, food, and nutrition, which basically might feel like broccoli with a side of spinach and asparagus. But hang with me because this episode will be good not only for your new year, but also for your health. This past year, my dad was diagnosed with high blood pressure, and so was I. The difference is that my dad is 25 years older than me. I may not be in my 20s anymore, but listen, I am far too young to have high blood pressure. Though I work out five days a week and eat a balanced diet, I started noticing tightness in my chest and feeling deep, hard beats in my heart that caused me to realize, yeah, something's wrong. Immediately, my doctor gave me medicine and told me to get on it to control my blood pressure. The problem is that the medication made me so tired, foggy-brained, and lethargic. As a writer and content creator, the last thing I needed was not to be able to write or process thoughts. So I started to look into holistic ways to lower my blood pressure using food. Now, don't get me wrong. Prescription medication is a gift, and I'm not saying that food will replace prescription medicine. What I am saying is that instead of defaulting to traditional pharmaceuticals, we can use food to help regulate our body and heal us holistically. On today's show, I'm chatting with Danielle Walker, author, advocate, and self-made chef who often says, food saved me, which coincidentally is the title of her book, and she has three cookbooks under her belt and on my kitchen counter as well. Before we slice and serve up this episode, let's talk about why food can heal us or hurt us. See, eating is a basic need, but many Americans are not filling this need with healthy choices. Among the million Americans that die each year from heart disease, stroke, or type 2 diabetes, about 45% eat meals heavy in salt, processed meat, and sugary drinks. Those same people eat a diet low in fruit, vegetables, fish, and nuts, according to the Journal of American Medical Association. The problems with the standard American diet, the acronym literally is SAD, as in SAD, friends. The problem with the standard American diet, it starts with the very ground that it's grown in. Large-scale farming in the U.S. has depleted soil, producing lower nutrient foods. In addition, many foods are processed by manufacturers to improve shelf life, which further destroys nutrients and requires toxic additives. It's no wonder why it's labeled sad. A healthy diet is not as simple as cutting out convenience foods, because many people literally can't stop eating them. Check this out. Studies have compared the addictive properties of added sugar and salt to that of nicotine and cocaine. Additives in sugar release opioids and dopamine in the brain. The same neurochemical changes in the brain occur during addictions to drugs. SAD is a primary risk factor for high blood pressure, abnormal blood lipids, increased blood glucose, and weight gain, according to the World Health Organization. These immediate conditions can lead to full-blown chronic diseases such as heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes, which are all on the rise. In fact, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 60% of American adults have at least one chronic disease, and 40% of those adults have two or more of these chronic diseases, making chronic disease the leading cause of death and disability in the country. But here's the good news, is that 80% of heart disease cases and stroke and type 2 diabetes all can be avoided with a healthier diet. Are these changes in diet hard? Yes. Are they impossible? No. Both my dad and I have our blood pressure under control and are no longer on medication. Thank God. We've cut out salt from our diet and really have limited our red meat intake. I'm still on a healing journey and I have a long way to go, but I was honored to be able to have Danielle on the show and share her story and wisdom with us. Before we dive into our interview, here's a word from our sponsor. 
I'm interrupting the podcast to discuss about BetterHelp.com. I know we speak a lot about BetterHelp on the show, but this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think that you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. Many people think that therapy is for quote-unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn how to control them, not avoid them. As someone who is an ardent supporter of therapy, I really love that BetterHelp.com allows customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash WGT for we're going there. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash W-G-T. Danielle, I am so excited that you are on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. And I love that I get to like see you face to face back it, in the day with it's podcasts. Been years. It's yeah, been well, it's years. been years since we've been together at like yes. palliative gathering. Yeah. Um, but also like when you used to do podcasts, you just did audio. It's so hard to like see the person's, you know, like it's that guides the conversation so much. So I just love seeing your beautiful face. Okay. Well, I was just about to say, this is totally like a fun way to start or totally vain. I don't know the verdict still on this one, but let me tell you something. Uh, I don't think I've told you this, but I was trying to find a makeup artist in Napa and I needed some work to be done. And so I was on Instagram and I was looking for people. And then I saw your stunning, beautiful face in somebody's (laughs) Instagram feed. And I said, wait, I know Danielle. Wait, who is this? So shout out to Sherry Long. Sherry Long. Yes. yes. She's done your makeup for a couple yes. of your book covers, I think. And she then, did this newest one. Okay. So I said, well, if Danielle Walker trusts her, then I trust her too. So. Absolutely. She's fantastic. So did you use her or you have, I you, did. You have her booked? Oh, no, good. I did. And I loved it. She was so sweet. She was so oh, professional. So sweet. I loved working with her. So shout oh, out Sherry. Fun. Shout uh, out yeah, Danielle Napa. Walker for being beautiful. Oh gosh. Thank you. <laughs> now, she's great. Yeah. She's Napa. I love it. I love, I love that there's like random connections, but I love that I get to have this conversation with you. I have your cookbooks on my counter right now. And I am going to do like an oh. interjection of my favorite recipe that I'm going to put into the podcast so that people will know. And it'll be very simple so people can do okay. it at home. And I did this, I did this I one time with another chef, Chef Artie Sakara, and yes, we did her, her baba ganoush. And people actually did the recipe and they shared it online. So I'm excited. Fun. I'm excited that people are going to share this with you. Now, I I'm an that. ardent supporter that conversations can heal the soul. And I've read your work and I know that you are an ardent supporter that food could heal the body. And so one of the things that I loved, we first met in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And we met at a dinner before a conference that we were there for. And I was shocked because I'm seeing this stunningly beautiful, healthy woman sitting before me. And yet I heard so much of your story and I'm like, wow, that is where I want to pick this up. I want to start with that wow moment because I think people can look at you and think that you are a picture and a model of health, but that hasn't girl that has not always been your testimony. So, so let's start from from the beginning. (laughs) Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. To see like, how has food really like healed you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Far from my testimony. And honestly, I wish I could say part of me is like, I wish it was, but then at the same time, I'm like, no, I don't actually wish that because then I wouldn't be doing everything that I'm doing. And I wouldn't have this journey that I've had, you know, back at the beginning when I first was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, it's called ulcerative colitis. And I was diagnosed at 22. Um, And so this new book finally gave me the chance to really write out that entire story because it has just been snippets and to like somebody just stumbling upon a cookbook even, right? Or my Instagram, it looks like I've kind of been the picture of health and had it all together forever. And then even then, you know, finding that food could really be a significant factor in my day-to-day symptoms uh, and just my quality of life. It's also really easy for the outside person to look and say like, oh, she has so much self-control. She's always perfect at this. She never has, you know, setbacks and flare-ups. And so I wrote it all, you know, all of the ups and downs, everything that I've gone through and learned from those experiences, because I just wanted people to feel less alone. So I suffered for years before finding the food. And even then, you know, it still hasn't been a picture perfect journey. And there's, there's not a bow at the end yet. Um, it's, it's that it's exactly that it's a journey, right. And I'm still on it. Okay. So take me back to the 22 year old you, Yeah, you were, I mean, I saw pictures I've seen and they've heard stories. Like what did your life look like before you realized that food was hurting you and not helping you? So your most recent book, food saved me. I'm very excited to talk about that. I just, uh, people can look at you now. And I think they can look at this beautifully Instagrammable life that you live and your health (laughs) and the kids and everything, but it wasn't always like that. You were incredibly ill, incredibly sick. So how did you figure that out? And at your lowest, what was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, yes, at 22, I'd just gotten married. I had this, you know, idyllic idea of, of what my life would be like, like, And I was also very type A. So I had it all very planned out. Like we're going to have this and this kids at this point of our life. And we're going to have, you know, we're going to be in a house by this point. And I'm going to work while you do that. You know, it was just like very, like very laid out. Um, And within eight weeks of saying our vows, I ended up in the ER. So like my whole idea of what life would look like felt like it was just like pulled right out from underneath me. Now, granted, you're so naive sometimes at 22. I mean, it's, you just learn, you know, and, and if you haven't, which I thankfully didn't really have to go through a lot of hardships growing up. I mean, I had a family that was like was solid and my grandparents didn't pass away until I was a lot older. Anyways, all that to say, I just didn't know how much could go wrong in life when I entered into that marriage and graduated college. And so just all the things I thought, you know, were, were kind of gone. Um, and the doctor told me that the disease was not curable and that, you know, I would need to take these medications for the rest of my life. And so it just started kind of like unraveling in my head of like, okay, well, what about this plan that I had and this plan? And can I still do this plan? You know, and, um, in those early few years, I was on so many medications and just such high doses of medications that, the side effects from those almost overpowered the disease symptoms themselves. I just, I was miserable and I was not living the life that I wanted to. And I, you know, with my disease specifically, you lose a ton of weight really, really quickly, at least most people, because you just don't absorb nutrients. So you're not only losing weight, but you also literally are like deficient in every single vitamin and mineral that you could, you know, need in your body because you just are not 
absorbing it and you become, you can become anemic, which then causes this whole other slew of things. I mean, there was a point where I couldn't even get up a flight of stairs without like Ryan's help. And I mean, we're, we're talking 20, 22, 23 years old. Right. So it uh, was not the quality of life that I wanted. Let's just say that. Okay. So then how did you figure out that um, food was the source of your healing. Cause I think yeah. so much, cause there's going to be people listening right now. I mean, myself included when you're like, how did you even discover yeah. this? <laughs> and then, cause I know that so many people, thank God we have access and awareness to um, things that we're allergic to and intolerant and that sort of stuff. But right. how did you know that food was the source of your healing? And then how did that kind of shape you? And then also, I mean, to where we are now, it shaped the trajectory of your life. Yeah, it sure did. did. Um, you know, I didn't know. I, I had no way of knowing. There was something in me, and I think I have to be thankful that my my autoimmune disease was in was digestive. Right? There's like. 400 to 800. I can't remember how many autoimmune diseases, but because mine was in my colon, I didn't really know much about the body at that point, but they like knew that it's, you know, where everything I ate went through. And it just, there was something in my head that was like, there's gotta be something that I'm eating that could be making this worse. Maybe I'm not getting enough of something. And all of my doctors told me it didn't matter. Food didn't matter. Um, but then I started just Googling, <laughs> like I was on a medication that did not allow me to get any sleep at night, not even wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. Yes. Dr. Google, Google university taught you this Dr. Google. Wait, that is a detail. I actually didn't know, but I am here for it because I believe that Google is like just one step beneath God. I'm not even kidding you. So, okay. This is fun. Okay. So you're, you're Googling the side effects of the medication that you're on. Yes. Googling the side effects, Googling like, you know, natural and ulcerative colitis and food and autoimmune disease and just really grasping at anything I could honestly, because I was like, I can't live this way. They're telling me the medications are supposed to let me live a normal life, but this is not normal, at least not the normal that I want, you know, for the rest of my life. And so I started Googling, um, and I found some like medical chat boards. So we're talking, I mean, this is in 2007. So this is pre and maybe 2008, this is like pre Instagram is accessible <laughs> to everybody. It was like, you had to have a dot edu a college address to get Instagram <laughs> or Facebook at the time. I think it was like college students only. And so we didn't have these communities and like these, you know, things where people were talking about this stuff, but there were these like forums, these like medical forums where people would get on and they would, you know, like type out what their symptoms were and what medications they were on. And I started finding people saying that food was helping their symptoms. So there's a lot more to that. And a lot of other things that I feel like were so, even though I did not see it at the time, were just so perfectly lined up by God that just made me realize like, oh, this could actually have some legs. Like this might be something that's worth trying. Um, so much as even going to Uganda, and being in a hospital there for two weeks. And that whole story wow. is in food saved me. But that doctor that treated me there was the first one that talked to me about like probiotics and gut health and like the microbiome, like stuff that I feel like we talk about a lot now this in this day and age, but like back then that wasn't a thing. Um, and so there were just all these little puzzle pieces that just made me think like something that I am eating is causing this to be worse. So I worked with a like natural practitioner and we did an elimination diet, mm. uh, and cut out a whole bunch of food groups, but 
when I knew that food could help was when we did that elimination diet up until then it was kind of like, well, this might help. And some people say it helps, but the doctors say it doesn't, you know, it was just kind of this, like, I don't know, but we did this elimination diet and I walked into her office having one of being like at one of the worst flares of, you know, up at that point of my life, barely able to walk into her office, tons and tons of, of symptoms from this disease. And within 48 hours ish, a couple of days, of doing that elimination diet, my symptoms plummeted by 75%. It was just very tangible and, you know, apparent at that point that like, okay, this, there's something to this, you know, and it, and it had to be nuanced and fine-tuned over the years. And I, you know, still wasn't, it still has never been a perfect journey, but it was so apparent. And it's just this correlation of I've got this, you know, this degree of symptoms walking in here, I cut all these foods and suddenly they've been, you know, minimized. And I will also say up until that point, I mean, that flare up, I spent three weeks in the hospital, none of the like meds, nothing was working. I mean, nothing that they want that they tried. I even went down to Southern California and like went to this wellness center and was getting infusions and like just everything that you could possibly think of. And then we did this food thing and that's when finally something clicked. So then you were putting these puzzle pieces together and it's almost like you've got these blues clues. You become, (laughs) you you become this amazing detective and you're putting these pieces together and you're experiencing a sense, a newfound sense of health and freedom. And then this wasn't just for you and hope. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This wasn't just for you. You began to then kind of gather this information and what was your next steps for you personally on this journey? And then I want to know when you had this, it was almost like when you talk about it, it's almost the light in your eyes comes on because you just wanted, you became an evangelist for yeah. food really healing you. So once, yeah. you, once you have these puzzle pieces and you're putting this puzzle together, what happens then? If you're a fan of romantic movies and love films with beautiful cinematography, you have to check out Redeeming Love, coming in theaters January 2022. Based on the international best-selling novel by Francine Rivers, the movie takes place in 19th century California and follows the life of a girl named Angel, who is the most notoriously sought-after girl in a hopeless gold-mining town called Paradise. Right as she's about to give up on finding love, Angel meets Michael and encounters a love unlike anything else. But shame of her past causes Angel to run away from the very thing she's always wanted. As Michael sets out to find love, Angel discovers that there's no brokenness that love cannot heal. A couple of actors in the film are Abigail Cowan, Nina Dobrev, Eric Dane, Famke Jassen, and is rated PG-13. Mark your calendars. It comes out January 21st nationwide. So invite your friends and go check out Redeeming Love. For more information, you can check out redeeminglovemovie.com. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, it's just, it's been so many years, so it's, it's a lot and it wasn't like an overnight thing, but at that point I had a nine month old son, my, my almost 11 year old now. And I, I mean, I had been away from him for months at that point, just Mm -hmm. not being able to take care of him. And so when I saw that drastic of a change, I knew at that point, like, this is not a quick fix. This is not a 30 day thing that I'm going to be able to just go back and eat the way that I was eating. Like this is a lifestyle for me. And that was really when I finally committed to it and just said, okay, this is it. Like I've got to do this so that I am present for his life. And, and my doctor, you know, the, the, the practitioner that I was working with kind of said the same thing. She's like, you're going to be able to add back in a few of these things that we cut out. Cause we went in hard, uh, over time after you've had some time to heal, but she's like, but this is a lifestyle, you know? And so hearing that from her and really committing to it at that point was, was necessary. And 
Yeah. So I had actually started a food blog before, even before that point, because I had dabbled with some of these other kind of similar ways of eating that I saw help, but because I hadn't committed to them, like I did with that elimination diet, I didn't experience the full health and healing that I had hoped for, but I started kind of playing around with recipes even before that. But after that point was really, I mean, like you said, like I became an evangelist for it because I spent so many years suffering and I asked so many people if food could help. And, you know, the answer was always no. And so I just, when I finally saw that turn, I was like, I need to tell everybody I can about this because I don't want people to have to suffer as long as I have, if, if this way of eating could help them. And, you know, again, it's, it's not a one size fits all. It may not do the exact same thing for everybody, but it certainly I've seen, you know, is not just for my disease. And I had no idea. I mean, after I started blogging, hearing stories from people with rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis. And I mean, like families with children on, on the autism spectrum. And uh, I mean, infertility, I like, it goes on and on these messages and emails that I kept receiving. And every time I would get a new one. And quite honestly, to this day, like 12 years later, I get these, these messages or people telling me, you know, or writing in, and I'm still just like in complete awe that the way that I eat can help so many other ailments, like, because it was just so like, it's in my colon, like that makes sense, you know? And as I started reading about it more and learning about it more and understanding the way that the body works and, you know, how important our gut health is and how it can affect so many other aspects of our overall health, it it makes sense, but it still feels like I stumbled upon it, (laughs) (laughs) that I had no idea the potential that like it could have to help people. So the question I want to know is you went a very holistic and homeopathic route and really elimination was just, there's no rugs, drugs, or plugs. It literally, you cut food out and you started to see uh, impacts and changes. Yeah. So did you, did you experience any pushback from medical professionals or even family members that are like, Oh yeah. For the love of God, this is killing you. Just get on drugs. Yeah. I mean, I still do. Um, I still do. So, you know, for a while, yes, the family especially was hard because they, yeah, they saw me nearly lose my life and, you know, they didn't understand why I wouldn't just take the drugs, but the drugs were making me so much worse. And I just felt like there had to be another way. And then, yeah, I mean, even still that my doctors, you know, still don't really feel like it works. And quite honestly, taking the drugs might've been a safer route in terms of less room for error, because as you get to read in the book, while it helped significantly and still could manage, you know, the symptoms and, and really even during the flare-ups that I still did have over the years, minimized, you know, the, the severity of the symptoms, Yeah, but it hasn't, it hasn't been perfect, you know, and, and it's, it's hard even with eating that way, you know, to be perfect in it. Like if it's my job and it's what I do, but I still don't have it perfect. And I still eat things that I know I shouldn't here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've learned too, that it's, it's actually a lot more than just the food. And that's what I didn't realize until like a few years ago, it actually, you know, especially with autoimmune disease, like taking care of your stress and your emotional and like mental health. And, you know, your, uh, if you've gone through trauma, which we have with losing our daughter, like processing those things and getting enough sleep and just all of this stuff can build up as stress and inflammation in your body. And no matter how well I was eating, I still had, you know, those flare ups. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's an interesting road to walk, but the side effects of the medications and the potential long-term side effects of the medications were what, you know, caused me to go that route instead. So 
you move, you gain wild success from the blog <laughs> and you, forgive me if I'm wrong, I did my research and I didn't find that you have any specific culinary training, correct? No, I have no culinary okay, training. Okay, that's what I yes. thought. I'm like, wait a minute, no. I'm looking like, so what gave you the, the chutzpah? What gave you the courage? <laughs> like what gave you, I mean, you, girl, you've been blazing trails and you're putting together cookbooks and you're giving recipes and you're walking people through an everyday kitchen recipe but where did you find the courage to blaze this trail and become literally a food evangelist? Honestly, it didn't start that way. Um, it started as more of a necessity for myself. I, I didn't realize how much I loved food <laughs> until it was all like taken away from me. Um, and I think more than anything, what I realized was how important the food was to my traditions and to my memories and to yeah. just what was instilled in me from my grandma and my mom about bringing community around the table. And so really it started with just this tenacity to like not eat chicken and steamed broccoli for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're telling me this is a lifestyle. It needs to be, it needs to, to be like doable for, for the long haul, you know? And so it got, it, it started just with me getting into the kitchen and just testing out things that I figured, you know, I could enjoy. And then it, it morphed into, as I got more of those, you know, letters and notes that it was helping other people, it morphed into more of like, okay, how many things can I create to try to give this joy back to people that feel like they lost it? And also to try to reincorporate, you know, the traditions and the memories. Like I, the first chapter of food saving is about my first Thanksgiving, having to eat like nothing that was on the counter and just how sad I was for myself. But like, also that I was completely embarrassed and didn't want to tell anybody that was there with me that I had to eat this way because I was like, I don't want to put anybody out. I don't want anybody to like feel bad for eating certain things. And so I just didn't tell anybody. And I just kind of like suffered it alone. And and I know there's so many other people that are like that, you know, whether it's food allergies or autoimmune disease, uh, it, there's so many people that have to eat a certain way. And so I think that's what really fueled the like passion to just keep figuring it out. And I had so many failures at first because I didn't have training. And I was like, you know, I mean, at that point I was like 24 years old. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to cook more than, you know, some like freezer put in the microwave Trader Joe's types meals. And then, <laughs> you know, and, and, a, and a lot of like Jack in the box from college. And so, yeah, I mean, I just took like my grandma's recipes, my mom's recipes. I like would mark all the things off that I couldn't eat, which would leave me with like 5% of the recipe. And then I would just try to figure out how to substitute those things in. But yeah, I think a lot of it was, it was necessity at the beginning and just like feeling like I have to be able to, to do this and make it, you know, a long-term thing. So for those that are listening, I want, um, one of the things that you said that this has just been, you've been able to bring is a sense of hope. And yeah. so for those that are kind of on the fence where maybe they're on medication, whether it's autoimmune or maybe it's allergies or intolerance, what would you tell that person? Actually, no, no, no. I'm going to flip it and reverse it. You get to hear <laughs> from a lot of people about how altering their diet or using your recipes or reading your books or following along on the blog that they've experienced really great, for lack of better words, I'm going to say breakthroughs or miracles yeah. or healing. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that are, those that are on the fence and they're currently on medicine or they're dabbling in this idea of maybe doing like a cut all out diet, what has been one of those stories that has impacted you and has made you feel like this matters? The whole book is, you know, food saved me, but it's not just for Danielle Walker. It's been for other people. So will you share yeah. a story of someone that you yeah. have got to hear from or meet where food literally saved yeah. them? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I love a good Missy reference. So I liked that there. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for getting that. <laughs> I, of course I'm seeing, now I'm seeing it in my head. Um, um, but yeah, so yes, the, the thing that I love the most about this book, to be quite honest, is not my story. It's everybody else's stories that are in there. So when you open the book, there's 400 other food saved me stories from other people. And then there's also all of these letters like woven through. Um, I think the one, you know, that stands out to me the most right now, and I've actually been sharing a few on my Instagram over the past few weeks, and they've just been nothing short of, you know, miracles and incredible, like you said, but there was a woman who came, uh, when I was in Atlanta with actually with Annie down, she was my guest host that night and I was doing a meet and greet. And she came up with a few, you know, of her, I didn't know if they were sisters or friends or whatnot, but everybody kind of had tears in their eyes already. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, like, like bracing myself for this. Cause I cry so easily. And she, you know, told me the story about how she was in a wheelchair for multiple sclerosis and just, they never really thought she would be able to, you know, fully like walk on her own. And she changed her diet and found my recipes and also found this other incredible woman called Terry Walls. She's a doctor who uh, reversed her kind of multiple sclerosis as well. And she walked up to my table without a cane, without a walker, not in a wheelchair. I mean, she, you know, and, and she was, so you, she was supported with like her family there, but you could see it in her. It was, I think they were her sisters or family and you could just see it in their eyes, just like how amazing it was to see her be able to be at that, at that event and that party and walking. And, and it was amazing to me. Yeah. And, you know, and think she said she was off of medications and, and that's, you know, that's like a, it's a pain point for me over the years because I have had to go on and off of medications, you know? And so I think that's the one thing that I was really able to be honest and open about in this book is, is that there's a time and a place for those. And so if I, if you're asking, you know, what I would tell that person who's on them, I think, first of all, if they are keeping you healthy and they are keeping you, you know, in your life and living the life that you want, then there is a time and a place for that. And I think that there's no shame in that, but I also have seen so clearly how powerful food can be on its own, but also in conjunction with medications. You know, I mean, one just quick thing is I, I went on one in 2019 when I was hospitalized in a medication that I honestly avoided for 10 years. Like I just, I was so proud of myself for being able to avoid it and that I had enough health to not have to need it. But when I had to go on it, I felt this failure, you know, complex and just this, like, Oh, what I've done is not working, you know? And there's just, I learned first of all, that there's just so many things that are out of our control and so many things that can cause the bumps in the road. But I, I get on that, you know, and they're, they're promising me again, that it's going to get things under control within like a certain amount of doses and, you know, all of this, and it's still not working. And I was like, okay, it's time to revert back to everything I know about food. And I'm going to stay on this. I'm not going to jump off of it. Like, this is what the doctors are telling you need to do. But I also know ways that I can naturally bring my inflammation down and naturally try to heal my gut. And once I did those two things in tandem was when I finally started to recover, you know? And so I think there's in the medical, or I mean, in the, the wellness industry, there's this like either or, you know, thing with a lot of people. And there's, there's a lot of like, it, it needs to be mutually exclusive. It's, it's, you know, medication or like health and wellness with diet. And, and I just want people that are, you know, listening that it might be going through that right now to not feel any rush to like jump ship one, one way or the other. Right. And then also though, to give it some, like give it, give it time and to, to really, to really be able to see the effects that it can have. Well, I just want to tell you that I love your commitment to not just putting this, um, 
I wouldn't say gospel message, this good news message of how he, <laughs> how food can heal, but that you really are, you live it. You live it so beautifully. You live it so well, and you want to resource so many people. So I'm excited about the book. Uh, there's going to be a Thank link you. in the show notes to the book. Also links to your Instagram, your website, social media, that sort of Yay. stuff. And I cannot wait for people to tag you in the recipes that they're making. I can't wait for it either. It's so exciting. I'm not kidding you. I'm going to pick my favorite recipe and okay. I'll give, I'll give the recipe on this podcast. And I then I'm going to have people tag you so that they could share with you kind of how yeah. you impacted them. Friends, I'm interrupting this podcast for my favorite quick and easy Danielle recipe I love. Not only is it dairy-free, gluten-free, and plant-based, it's oh so delicious. I'm linking the recipe in the podcast show notes, but here are 10 ingredients that will fill your body and warm your soul. Are you ready? One tablespoon of coconut oil or ghee, two cloves of chopped garlic, one onion dice, fresh ginger, stock lemongrass, Thai red curry paste, just throw a little dollop in there. Four cups of chicken broth or vegetable broth if you want to keep it vegetarian. One medium-sized butternut squash. Two cans of coconut cream. A lime zest and juice. A little salt, a little paper. Bam. And if you're feeling fancy, you could top it with some toasted pepitas or cashews. Friends, it's delicious. So thank you for your time. Thank you for thank your commitment. You. Thank you for your wisdom. And thank you for making cute kids because you've got the most cutest kids <laughs> on the face of the earth. Yes, I know you might not want to procreate, but you know what? You have brought some gorgeous kids into the world. So thank you for that as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm thank you for thanking me for that. <laughs> I appreciate you, Danielle. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. As we start this new year, I hope you feel inspired to take control, not just of your kitchen, but also your health. This journey has been one that I've been on for quite a while, and I'm very excited to have other people get excited about how eating healthy and eating clean can also be delicious. For more information on Danielle, you can find her at againstallgrain.com and on social media. Thanks, friends. Can't wait to connect next week.